Hey, what's up guys? I'm here in Paris by the Eiffel Tower and I wanted to shoot a quick video talking about a topic that I just wrote an article about and sent out via my newsletter. If you're not subscribed to my newsletter, uh, I invite you to do so. You can do so on our website, lscre.com. It's at the top, the uh, underwriting model giveaway, and you'll be automatically on our newsletter. Or if you're a potential new investor with us, you can go to our new investor form and fill that out and you'll also be uh, put on our newsletter list. So highly recommend that. So in the last newsletter that I sent out, I wrote an article talking about return pricing and return hurdles. So it's not an often talked about topic because it's you know, pretty hard and you're revealing your secret sauce in a way, uh, but it's a critical component of underwriting. So basically assuming you, you know, underwrite the deal perfectly, you know the right pro forma rents, you've got the right expenses, you've got your right exit cap rate, you've got the right growth, you've got the right capex budget, that's all great, and now you've got a good pricing model, but what do you actually price the deal to, right? So most people out there are IRR-driven buyers, and there's other metrics as well, but we'll just start simply with IRR. So the way that a buyer determines the price that they'll pay is not, well, this price is too high, 20 million is too much, 19 million is too low, it's whatever the corresponding return is for that price is, is, is how they're solving for it. So they're, the buyer's gonna pick whatever price is gonna get them to their desired return hurdle. And return hurdles vary across different buyers and it's kind of a relative metric because you know we don't all underwrite exactly the same way. So And we all don't all use the same model. So some models might spit out a 14 and the same deal, another model might spit out a 16 and so hurdles may vary for that reason as well. But it's important as an investor to determine your hurdle rates and stay consistent with the way that you underwrite and the uh, hurdles that you're using depending on the deal profile and the risk profile of the opportunity. So in this article, I go through IRR, cash on cash, yield on cost, and amortized cash flow as some of the key metrics that we look at when actually pricing an asset and determining you know, where we're going to bid for, for the, on the property. So like I mentioned, IRR is number one. Uh, you, know, you have to have a good IRR irrespective of the business plan. Even if it's a cash flow driven deal, you have to still have a solid IRR. Um, for more cash flow focused deals, it, the, the cash on cash and the amortized cash on cash becomes more critical. For us, for example, we're looking for deals that over a five year hold can show an, an average cash on cash of 8% or more. And obviously we're gonna demand more for deals that are more risky or not as in gray area or maybe uh, you know inferior product. If it's an older property, right, we're gonna demand a higher return for the same business plan if for a newer property. A really important metric today is amortized cash flow, right? We're willing to accept only so low of an amortized cash flow. And because interest rates are so low today, when your interest only period expires and amortization kicks in, boom, it's a big jump in your actual debt payment and really takes a big drop on your cash flow. For example, you might have a deal that's on an IO basis cash flowing at 10%, but then when the IO expires, that 10% can drop to 5%. Uh, just because of the amortization. So, you know, we recognize that issue and we know that we don't want to be cash flowing below a certain level. And for us, that's really around 5%. So we're looking for a deal that when the interest only period expires, that the amortized cash on cash is still 5% or more, right? 5% is for the best deals. And then the more risks we add onto the deal or, or determine 
uh, that exists for the deal, then, then we add on risk premium. And what that does is, right, the more we demand as far as returns from the deal, the more it forces us, the more it forces the price to come down. And as the price comes down, right, obviously the metrics work inverse, they go up, and what we can bid for the property is constrained. And if we're properly appreciating the risks inherent to the deal, then we will bring the price down accordingly. And you know, maybe we win the bid, maybe we don't, but we know we're keeping ourselves safe because of these metrics, right? We're not just risk blind and treating every deal the same and underwriting them to the same standards because what that will do inevitably, if you're, if you're kind of a call it risk blind operator or investor, is it will naturally push you in towards the riskiest deals, which may or may not be the deals you actually want to be investing in, right? The riskiest deals. Could be if you're being paid for the risk. And the only way to ensure that you're being paid for the risk is, number one, have a really robust understanding of the market. Underwrite a ton of deals like we do. If you, if you want to learn more about our deal flow, I highly encourage you to check out our quarterly deal flow webinars, which are hugely popular, and go through all the things we are learning from all the deals we're underwriting. We're underwriting over 500 deals a year, and so it's giving us a lot of deep understanding about our market. So with that deep understanding, we can categorize deals and understand deals that have a certain uh, return profile and risk profile. Um, and then number two, to really protect yourself and ensure that you're being paid for, for the risk that you take is to demand a certain return premium associated with, with that risk, right? It's, uh, and you can be explicit, you can, and I recommend you actually do be explicit and build out yourself a return hurdle matrix of some, of some kind where you say, okay, you know, for our highest quality deals, we need a 12 IRR. If it has, you know, this type of risk profile, if it's a little older, we want, you know, 200 basis points more. You know, for us, for example, over, versus a perm debt or a bridge loan, we're gonna demand a risk premium for a deal with a bridge loan, right? Somewhere around 300 basis points uh, or potentially even more. And that way we're appreciating the risks associated with the bridge loan. So yeah, that, those are my thoughts there as far as um, risk metrics and baking that into your underwriting so that you're actually solving for the right price, right? You might be doing all the other things right as far as coming up with the right rent comps and, and performer rents and growth assumptions and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're solving for what could be a, the wrong risk metric, which is subjective, of course, uh, it can lead you down a path to, to getting yourself into a riskier situation than you really are comfortable with, or it can lead you to overpaying, which obviously we're all out here trying to avoid doing so. So thanks again for watching, and like I said, I encourage you to check out the full article available on our website. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll be kept in touch for all future articles and updates as, as what we're up to at Lone Star Capital. Thanks for watching.